Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and rejoining me from his long away journey, good my good friend, Ethan Carter. What is up, Vincent? Uh, well, actually, I was I was back last week, wasn't I? Yeah, I, I was even, back last week. I don't remember anything I know, about it's, last it's week. It's all a except... blur. It's all a blur. Well, my life is a blur right now because <laughs> of the puppy, and I'm going to keep saying it it's it's it is weird though so i i don't i can't imagine anyone that has a kid because i just don't know how oh, you that's, function that's a whole other ball game oh my i will gosh, say I this can't. much the reason i don't remember last week is because just talking to adam is just like oh i've talked to adam you know yeah, it's right. like it's it's <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like a podcast episode it just feels like a conversation with exactly, someone i know so exactly. it's like you know it's not that I, in fact, if you ask me on any given week lately who our guest last week was i have to actually look it up now it's just i know I've, it's i've it's, gotten well, bad it's part of it's also part of the fact that we've and we were talking about it before we're on 109 episodes like that's um, still insane to me that we're over 100 and I, it's well and you know what's also interesting what's in that? two more vincent i will actually be 100 <laughs> you aged <Right>? well <laughs> you aged well i aged well no no i mean like 100 because 111 will be yeah. my 100th episode not that it, not we've not that we've ever mentioned episode eleven on no, this, never on, no. never once. I mean, no. I think I think that was one of your bingo spaces, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but but how hey, you been, man? I, I'm good. I actually took so I officially shut down the shop today, yep. which um, is so exciting. It's I mean it's yeah it's no it is it's, it really it, is. There's I mean at least for me it's a little bittersweet because just because I'm so used to you in that shop, so it's like yeah. So I can only imagine that there's got to be a little bit of like whatever but it's so exciting that it wipes away any of that right yeah i feel like i feel like the first time i start putting some stuff in boxes Mm -hmm. then it's going to be like oh man right it's real this was a corner of my basement then a half of my basement now it's three quarters of my basement yeah yeah you know what it's going to be it's going to be good i was actually awesome in the space again today just looking around just mentally planning out and i think what i'm going to do is you know those big husky rolling toolboxes mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the wooden tops i'm gonna get like two or three of those yeah and make a big work surface up against one of the walls and then you, that's gonna have like all... back to back so like the cabinets or the well, drawers so i have a rolling workbench that's a pretty good size so i figure that'll be in the middle of this shop yeah and then i'll keep kind of, i'll try to keep a similar arrangement to what i have because i have a window so i could put the glowforge near the window where it belongs and i yep. can put the cnc in a corner so I, i'm really i'm really excited about trying to tetris all this stuff into where it needs to go but well you know what i think is exciting too is you 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 build your shop over time right mm-hmm. and the layout kind of is what it is mm-hmm. but to have a clean slate to be like exactly what, what is the workflow like what would be the optimal workflow exactly. for this setup it and have a clean slate that's amazing right it, it's the most amazing feeling yeah, in the world totally. to know that all the stuff i've garnered over the last four years of doing this like i now can figure like really really figure it out right and set it up and to, optimize it you know i've changed it around a million times but it's just going to be so nice so yeah that's exciting I, I am excited. I mean, it's going to suck to, you know, that I, it sucks that I'm shut down. It yep. sucks that I have to move all this stuff. I'm probably going to have to rent a van or a pickup for, you know, like a weekend, just mm-hmm. do all this stuff. But once I'm done, the one nice thing that's going to be, and this is, I can work as late as I want in this shop. Yep. And, and it's not attached to a house. It's right. not attached. So I go to a place to do the things. Right. 
which right. I don't, I know that that, you know, there's downsides to that. Like I can't like put finish on at 12 o'clock in the morning. Okay, fine. Great. But that's my workspace. And now right. I'm going to be so much more focused when I'm there. Cause all the distractions are going to fall away. It's just going to be good. I think it's going to be yeah, the, the, the There's a benefit in a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, there's good and bad for a, for a home workshop because yep. you can, right. You can go up and grab a sandwich. Correct. But at the same time, it is super easy to like go upstairs and get distracted by whatever, you know, not and then, that that yeah. has ever happened. No, never. Right? <laughs> not that that ever happens. Oh, it's super exciting. I'm super pumped for you, man. I, I can't wait to see what you do with it. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I think you're going to have I think you're going to I think your productivity is actually going to ramp up because of it, to be honest. Yeah, man. New beginnings. That's that's yep, kind of exactly. how I'm looking at it. Just, exactly. just new beginnings. But um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what's been going on with me. How's your uh, how's your new how's your new little pal? My new puppy is she she's amazing. Uh, again, not to be cheesy, but oh, that's one of my that's a, that's a bingo card, I think, right there. Um, <laughs> not be. to be cheesy, but uh, I've never you know, like I think I've said before, like I've never I've had puppies in my life when I was a kid, but I've never had a puppy that like is actually response. You know, I'm responsible for mm-hmm. and there's a different kind of bond that that uh, happens when that's the case and i love it i mean she's she's a ton of work uh we well i'll i'll go gloss over this but we spent about six hours from uh 7 to 2 a.m in the emergency vet last uh thursday night to friday morning with a uti and but at the same time we bonded over that and it was like a really really sweet experience so uh she's great she's amazing uh but yes it's my my <laughs> content and my my productivity has definitely gone down a drain in lieu of of my little puppy but i would not change it for the world she's amazing so thank well, you for now, asking and now otto has a buddy <laughs> yes exactly yes yeah and they're, and they're starting to connect too it's 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 really sweet to see them starting to interact and kind of like become pals so it's it's uh, really sweet that's great that's great yeah. so we have we do have a guest this week we do yep and i am i am very excited yeah i'm very excited because some of we have we we like having guests on that we know the work of pretty well and one of the one of the cool things that you know doing a doing a thing of the week when we used to do video of the week is when somebody comes up again and again and yep. it's like oh We've talked about this person quite a few times already. And when we and dropped a video of the week, it just hit all this stuff became things. Of the week <laughs> because, they, they, week. because they're so epic. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's what one of the one of the upsides of doing a thing of the week between the two of us is that we ended up figuring out how in sync we are. Yeah. And it's like oh, totally. And one of the person, one of the people we were always in sync on was our guest tonight. Um, he has a channel where he leans into the intersection of geek and making, which is just fantastic. Cause as far as I'm concerned, that is the epitome of cool yeah. making stuff. When mm-hmm. you get the geeky stuff and you make it, I love it. I, I just absolutely love it. Brilliant. Yeah. What I don't I love, think anyone does it quite as well as he does. Nobody either, does it honest. quite as well, which I mean, actually, really, is and, why, and, I, and I don't mean that because I'm not saying that because he's our guest. I really truly don't mean that. So, I think he is one of the best people to cross that line. Yep. So yep. let's talk about him. To him, with rather him? than yeah, in with the him? third right, person, right. <laughs> as as if he's just an impartial observer. We have Donovan from Once Upon a Workbench. Hi, Donovan. <laughs> Guys, you flatter me so much. We do, we do, and we mean it, which is good. We do, and that's yeah. We kiss no butt that deserves that doesn't deserve kissing. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you say good. that to all the girls. <laughs> <laughs> but that's well, all the geek maker, right? Yeah. But, 
good, man. It's good. It's good to have you here. I feel like I feel like we I feel like we had a discussion. I, I could be wrong about this, but I feel like we had a discussion about having you on once before and it didn't mm-hmm. pan out. It's and funny then, that you should mention that because the episode where you first talked about one of my projects and you were both talking about it because you had both seen it and you're like, oh, we got to have him on the podcast. And I was sitting there rubbing my hands together. I'm like, this is great. They're going to message me any day. I'm going to come on their podcast. It's going to be an awesome time. That was a while ago, but I'm happy to uh, to be on the podcast tonight. We never, we, I could have sworn, I, I could be completely wrong about this, but I could have sworn that we, that our schedules couldn't line up at the time. And that's why, so we just never asked. I, I could go back and check my archives, but oh, I'm crap. almost pretty sure. Then, then the guy talking. who does the booking on this show is an absolute <laughs> idiot then. Let's just let's just call a spade a spade here. Then. Oh, right. Peter, I'm Peter. Here Peter's we, the worst. <laughs> That's what you get when you have an intern do the good do the busy work. <laughs> well, I guess I could say, you're here now. I'm here now. <laughs> hey guys. But your stuff, your stuff what I what I love about an I'm not going to speak for Ethan. I'm just going to speak for me, but I'm pretty sure Ethan agrees. Yep. One of the things, one of the things that I was, so I was saying this before we started and, um, you know, my wife watches pretty much all the stuff that we watch, you know, all the stuff I watch. I know there are certain people I have to watch with her because she likes their stuff too, but she's doesn't always remember names of people. She'll remember projects and she'll, she'll, it'll click and it'll be like, oh yeah, I know that person. And if I ever need to, if I, when I first said, oh yeah, we're having Donovan on Donovan, who's that once upon a workbench. And then just kind of, kind of the, the, the sound, the name rang a bell and I'm like the Zelda playhouse. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. You got it. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and, and that's how memorable your projects are. And I'm, I'm always impressed by that. Like that's, that's not a minor achievement in a sea of, projects your projects always stand out to people right totally that's always the hope Mm -hmm. and and the goal to you know doing what i do besides the fact that like the main purpose of making my videos is to like have experiences building stuff with my kids yeah like that was one of the my overarching like themes for creating a youtube channel because when i look back on my own life and i think about like um growing up and my relationship with my my parents because my dad was a worker uh woodworker and my mom was like a crafter she loves crafting and knitting and sewing and like all the the non-traditional masculine stuff came from my mom. All the the masculine woodworking stuff came from my dad. But as I was thinking about creating a YouTube channel, I realized that for me growing up, some of my most fond memories were making stuff with my parents. And so kind of wanting to cultivate that with my own kids uh, and utilize, you know, the, the skills that I learned from my parents and the filmmaking techniques that I learned when I was in that industry, um, I, I landed on being a maker and because I'm a huge geek, um, all of my <laughs> projects are very geek related. And because my children are geeks as well, which worked out for me, um, we're able to make geeky stuff together and hopefully, um, they'll, it'll be good. It'll be good story fodder for them when they're older. I just, I just like part of me just hopes that one of your kids is just a like, huge like jock like, <laughs> you know, muscle head like, yeah. just for the irony. Uh, it's so doing... funny because it's like I get comments of people like, oh, like your kids are the greatest. They must, they must think this is like so cool doing what you do. And I'm like, most days they're like, really? Did, did really, Dad? You want me to be on camera? Ugh. We're building <laughs> something else. Ugh. 
like, I, th- I think that was Dan, one. you're gonna love this. Like, you're love <laughs> you you will love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I think that was one of my comments though, and your I think it was your last video, the the doghouse video, and I think I was like, man, your kids are so much more natural on camera than I am, and it really makes me mad because they are <laughs> like you you incorporate them, but they're like it's it's a nat- it's a natural i mean it, they they do a good job but it's also very like you, it's not forced or at least it doesn't seem forced that's that's good because oh my gosh if you knew how many <laughs> it took to get them to either stand in one place and not right, move right. or I'd, like the thumbnail the thumbnail mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the playhouse video and the thumbnail for the doghouse are kind of similar in terms of tone yes. and art style and stuff like that mm-hmm. but oh my gosh there's like 120 like unused pictures. It's like, no, just just don't move. Stand this way. No, don't pick your butt. Like just, just stand here. Hold it like this. Just don't look at me. Don't look, pick your look butt. Don't there. pick your nose. And that's yeah. just his internal. You'll get a, you'll get a cookie. Well, I'll give you a cookie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's what I love about your stuff, and I I think that you know when people associate geeks and making it often. I mean, ninety percent of what I see that's geek and making is is um, cosplay. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with cosplay. I'm just as much a fan of Punished Props as the next guy. Yeah. I love Odin makes all these Odin channels. Right? I, I sit there and just I can't get enough of them. What? And the, but also, this is Vincent, I think it's 3D printing too. Like I feel like there's a lot of like 3D printing, which is mm-hmm. not, again nothing wrong with that. But you, there's kind of like two yeah avenues. I don't know. You've pushed. You've pushed yes, it. hundred percent. Way further. Like you're doing basically construction for like geek construction on a lot of your projects. I mean, you still do smalls and stuff and that's cool. And there's nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not to knock the smaller stuff, but what amazes me is the epic nature of some of the builds. Like they're, they're just big and they're interesting and they're involved. And you know, it's also like, it's like, it's set. Like I, I, I'm, I'm reminded of set building because Mm. of the techniques, but it's set building, but actually, is like a full construction thing because a lot of set building is kind of just a facade, right? It can, it's just enough to make it the make it seem like the vision, right? But yeah. your stuff is actual playhouse or an actual doghouse that is a fully functional, uh, you know, house, and and it looks amazing. It's it's does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> funny because it's like I. I was, a, <laughs> you may not realize this. I was a huge geek growing up. And, it hurt. No. and what? Yeah, I know it's, it's surprising, but <laughs> the I, shocks just keep coming. <laughs> it was, I was also a big theater nerd, whatever you want to call it. And uh, so I, yeah, I used to build sets yeah, for no, I plays that I wasn't in and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's funny, like going back and seeing all the threads, how they tie together to, you know, where it's at now. But yeah. It, it, it's, it's funny though. It, it, that just reminded me of, so you're saying that, you know, your mom and your dad's dynamic, you got something from each of them. And the, uh, it reminds me of like, so my grandparents were uh, into the, like the local community theater or whatever. My, my grandma was an artist and my uh, grandfather was, he could build everything. And they were like, that was what they did. And it's, it's funny that you say that because it sounds like you took pieces from each of them and, and incorporated that into your talent skill yeah yeah totally because when i um for people that have been following me long enough um before i was once upon a workbench i was the beardless man 
because when I started, <laughs> when I started having yeah. kids, I don't know if people know this. I, I can't physically grow a full beard. Um, I, if you, I saw you, story, I saw you shave, shave, I, do a shaving thing today. Yes, right? I didn't shave for almost a month and I looked prepubescent. <laughs> you're finally a prepubescent it was yeah. terrible but um back when i first before i started my youtube channel i actually had a blog uh called Handforge fatherhood and one of the things that i kind of did is took uh atypical feminine activities and tried to put a, a masculine spin on it like hmm. sewing but for a man or like <laughs> cooking but for a man uh, and so when I first started my YouTube channel, I I wanted to have that same kind of tone to it. And so I came up with the the beardless man because I wanted to do like manly things. But I don't look like a man because I don't have, you know, the big, you know, no, back in the aughts right. when beards were like all the rage. Like I can't grow that. Um, I don't sound I like I don't have a deep manual, masculine voice. So I don't like sound like your atypical man. But I'm like taking all these activities and trying to put like a manly spin on it, which if you go back and look at my my first set of videos, first season, whatever you want to call it, I wear like plaid shirts because, you know, lumberjacky, like man kind of thing. <laughs> and so originally that was going to be the the tone and the the motif of the content that I made on YouTube. But I knew that I wanted the Millennium Falcon theater, uh, right. taking the dome of the Millennium Falcon and and making a little slot where my kids could put a tablet into it so they can like lay on their backs and watch a movie. Because we used to do that all the time, but I'd constantly drop it and would smash me in the face. So I'm like, I need to make something <laughs> to 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 not do this anymore for the sake of my own face. I need to build something. And so all well, of you these would things... look, you would, you want to do something manly. A broken nose is very manly. I mean, oh, right. yeah. it's just which like... is funny. I have a busted nose uh, from my wife. <laughs> oh, we were dancing one day and I, uh, we like, yeah, this is, this is not going to be, this is not manly right here. I <laughs> but I, I flipped her and she, she knocked me in the nose and it, it busted my nose, which I still need to get surgery to repair from. <laughs> oh, geez. So one day you'll, you'll see that in my stories. But, well, uh, but I wanted, I wanted my content to be like taking not typical right. uh, manly things and, and making them manly. So, uh, but after uh, the success and the popularity of the Millennium Falcon Theater, I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll continue a Star Wars thing because Rogue One had just come out. And so I did the K2SO helmet and uh, that those two projects together drove me into the geek realm rather than the original path that I was going to take of, you know, manly woodworking stuff. Wow. It, it, so. And I, I don't remember who said it. And were you part uh, were you part of the made for profit group back in the day? What, what do you mean? Part like of ma the uh, like on I mean, uh, on uh, Patreon or on their Facebook. Yeah, group. yeah, I've been I've been part of the group for a long time. I stopped listening. I don't yeah. tell anyone. I stopped listening to the show a long time ago. Yes, um, same. because they were it's good content, but very unrelatable. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Um, but I've, I've, I've been part of that group for since the so beginning, I think. I think, so I think that's why, I think that's where I heard this, but you were one of the first people that, and I can't remember who, wh what, what the conversation was or who was telling me about it, but someone was telling me about you and how you completely rebranded, like you made a conscious choice to rebrand 
uh, re rebrand your, you know, your everything, right? Your mm -hmm. name and your, you know, kind of your focus on everything and, and rebrand it into Once Upon a Workbench. And I thought that was a, first of all, I thought that was a brilliant name. I think that's a, you know, a brilliant, you know, handle and name and YouTube channel and everything like that. But I remember being, you were the first person that I, I remember thinking, oh, he was like, I want like this. Is, I'm, I'm thinking about what I want my, my path to be. And I'm going to change, I'm going to rebrand myself because of that. And this is what I want to do. And I thought that, to me, that was like a really brilliant thing of just under like stepping back and being like, what do I want this to be? And making a brand around that. And so I, I truly, and that was before we met. Cause I mean, we met at WorkbenchCon mm -hmm. and everything like that, but that was way before we met. And I remember someone telling me about you and, and the fact that you rebranded re and I was like, oh, that's, that's bold. Because yeah, I think I you, had a, you had a following, up. right? Yeah, I brought the conversation up uh, within right. the group to see if anybody else had done it before and what their experience was. Because, I mean, there's a lot, a lot that goes into rebranding. Yeah, totally. Uh, without completely like losing or confusing your audience base and all that kind of stuff. And so I wanted to garner people's experience to see what would help make my own experience a little bit better. <laughs> right. And I don't know, but I thought it was brilliant. I mean, it was, and and I think it's everything that you've done is also like your storytelling through your videos and everything like that is is brilliant. And I mean, that was, wasn't that your session at uh, the second year of work or third year of WorkbenchCon? Did yeah, you do a so, session on that? Yeah, I did a class on uh, creating interactive content. And so part of it was um, storytelling because that's that's always been a driving focus for like what I do. Because, um, again, like going back to the, the filmmaking background, it's all about storytelling mm -hmm. and wanting to combine that with woodworking. Because um, with a lot of DIY videos, not I mean, it doesn't have to be woodworking, it could be 3D printing or laser cutting or sewing, whatever. Um, a lot of a lot of creators, a lot of makers focus on the how, um, which is great. But I don't consider myself proficient enough in anything to, to, to share feel, your knowledge yeah, to yeah. feel like i am a voice of authority <laughs> right. uh, in any particular subject so instead of focusing on the how i try to focus on the why and that's the why is telling the story behind you know behind the project or whatnot and uh wait what was the question i think i just distracted I, 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 yeah and this is a very oh, common oh, theme my as class, well. yeah my class at workbench con and so my class at workbench con was uh using storytelling and interactivity uh, to inject new life into your content, um, because one of the one of the things that I really love to do um, are ARGs, uh, which I've done with uh, my subscribers, my followers, a couple of times now. Um, uh, AR um, AR ARGs, alternate reality games. So basically, what it is, it's like a treasure hunt that you can do in the real world. Oh, like um, like Ingress and Pokemon Go, like those kind of games. Or? No, like oh. uh, National Treasure. Oh, like okay. you get a clue, you solve the clue, it takes you to a website where you get another clue, you solve that clue, it takes you ah. to an Instagram page. Um, I still have some of my ARGs up online and people can still do them. Um, but that's one of the things that I really like to do to add interactivity uh, into my content so that it's it's not just 
it creates engagement experience. too. Yeah, it's not a because like watching videos is a very passive experience. Watching mm-hmm. DIY videos, unless you're specifically following along to do it yourself, like with the hand, a phone in one hand and a hammer in the other, because you want to <laughs> build what's being built in that video. Like right. consuming content is very passive, but when you can engage people in a way to make it like interactive, whether it's the choose your own adventure style videos that I've done in the past or ARGs or, you know, anything else, then it becomes an experience they can have instead of just consuming. And so was, that, yeah. that was the, the focus of my talk that I gave at WorkbenchCon. Not that a lot of people went to the class because I, I knew... I knew it didn't have a broad appeal for a lot of the people to go there, but it was a lot of fun for the no, people it, that, that went because I had a, a game set up specifically yep. for the people that came to the class. So if you came to my class, you got to play a game. It was more than just a class where you sit and listen. You got to experience the thing that I was trying to, to teach about. So I, I, I will say this. So I, I did not go. I can't remember why, but I did not go to your class, but I knew I know a ton of people that went and everyone that went was like it was brilliant and then and like a lot of people are like so good so good and then the other people are like um i was way too hungover to follow (laughs) along (laughs) and so it was but 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 like even they got something out of it they they got something out of the whole idea of trying to engage your your viewers or engage your Mm -hmm. people and not just be a a person talking to the camera or putting out a video but uh, but trying to engage the audience and uh yeah so i mean it was one it was one of the biggest sessions i wish i had gone to that i didn't but but it it was funny though because everyone's like he's so smart and it hurt my hurt my hungover brain (laughs) (laughs) like i heard that from multiple people it was hilarious but if you if you ask anyone i mean a lot you know i tend to talk with my friends about who we're having on the podcast and I mentioned, you know, I mentioned we were having you on and they're like, oh, that's awesome. Donovan's awesome. Mm-hmm. Donovan's awesome. And I, I you know, don't take this the wrong way. Don't take this the wrong way, because I think you're awesome, too, which is why you're here. But it just amazes me how someone that's dialed into such a niche still resonates with so many people. Right. Because geek culture, I mean, you know, I'm a geek. Ethan, too. I don't know how much of a geek Ethan actually no, is. No, I, I, think, I think that's, I, Vincent, I think you're, you're what you're going for is exactly right because I'm not into, I'm not right. Uh, he, I'm not really into that, but, and yet, but at the same time, I'm extremely into what you do, Donovan. Because, yeah. And that's, I mean, yeah. it's amazing to it's do a cro- something. There's a crossover when you start it, when you're in a niche and then people outside of your niche go, that dude does some really cool stuff. You know, it's like, it's amazing to me how many people who I know are just not geeks at all go oh yeah i know no i know donovan yeah donovan makes some really cool stuff so i is that do you i i, I don't know if i don't know if there's even a question there just something that i can't <laughs> believe is that like you know people tell you niche down niche down niche down and okay great niche down niche down but then someone like you who you i mean you haven't like buckled down and locked the doors and put up a vault lock in the front of it but you have niched down into geek culture and yet people outside of geek culture still go, yeah, he built some really cool stuff. I mean, that's got to feel good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I am very thankful for everybody that watches my videos, even if like the numbers don't meet my own personal expectations for how I think, uh, viral my stuff should go. Um, that being said, like, it's so cool to have the people that do watch my videos because 
it's amazing to think that something that I made is out there in the world, not just for mm-hmm. a legacy for my kids that they can go back. I mean, the, my kids the other day, like we had a quiet morning and they're like, can we watch some of your old videos? It's like, yep. Yeah. And they <laughs> smile and laugh and have a great time, like reliving these experiences that we have together. And so beyond, beyond that, it's amazing to think that my stuff is out there. And funny enough, like most of my audience is outside of the U S like less than 30% of my audience is That's like crazy is in the U S the rest of it is all around the world. And it's just, it's weird to think of having, having that reach making a doghouse that looks like <laughs> it's from legend of zelda right I mean, it's the, the medium of youtube is unlike anything people have ever been able to do before and it's cool to yeah. not need like a network to distribute your stuff or you know right. publishers or providers or anything like, although youtube is a publisher and provider but that's beyond it um yeah. <laughs> but like just being able to to do what we do as makers, mm-hmm. whether it's me where yeah. I, I see something in the digital world, I'm like, oh, that is so cool. And I take it and I make it real mm-hmm. in the real world or like Ethan, like the stuff that you make or Vincent, the stuff that you make. It's so cool that we can do what we do right. and and have and have people watch it and we can have careers off of this. It's the w- silliest jobs in the world right. <laughs> that are able to help us provide for ourselves and you know and for our families if they have them it's just it's the coolest it's the coolest thing to have an audience for for doing what we do well you know what the other thing i think about too is be like when i watch your videos and i feel this way about a lot of people in our space is again even if i'm not like i'm never going to build a zelda house or you know like i'm never going to do that but your passion and your abilities, your, you know, your craftsmanships and all those things. I learned every, I learned so much from everything, every video that you watch. And like, that is part of what this whole space is. It's like, it's, it's not about being 100% committed to, I want to make that thing. It's, it's a little bit more of this person is super talented really good production quality. They're super passionate about what they do. And that like, that makes that excites me because they're super passionate about what they do. And I'm learning a bunch of different techniques throughout the process. I, I think about the, 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 when you, so Vincent, I don't even know if you remember this, but uh, when you took boots, uh, leather boots or leather shoes mm-hmm. and you used a tattoo mm-hmm. tool and engraved like or i don't even it's not engraving i don't even tattooed yeah those tattooed. Shoes. it's on the front of his website actually oh, oh my leather god is, really gigantic picture. Skin, and mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's yeah. tattooing that was like the most amazing i to me that was again and as someone who's into like leather stuff to me that was like mind-blowing and then <laughs> and then when i saw you at workbench county and you're wearing the shoes i'm like I, uh, I was like, oh, okay. can, can I can I see them? Like, what's going on? Like, I was yeah, so see the excited. Magic shoes, please. But, <laughs> but it, but it, it was completely out of my genre. But at the same time, the techniques and the idea of taking shoe, you know, shoes, leather shoes, and you know, doing that, it was just mind blowing to me, and that was super insp- inspirational to me. Well, and like, that's what I think is super exciting about this whole community is that you don't have to have the same exact interests to appreciate each other's talents. Well, you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of going along the line of qu- the question that I wanted to ask, which is really funny that you, you, you 
gave that beautiful introduction because it dovetails <laughs> so nicely <laughs> into oh, the God, question. We worked this out way before the episode. We <laughs> to were the question scripting. I was going to yeah. ask, but the question I was going to ask is if you, you know, from the feedback you get, from the feedback you get, what, where would you say your audience is? Like, is your audience more, I want to, I want to learn how to do that or, is it you make such cool stuff? I just want to watch you make this stuff, and I want to see this stuff like come to life. Like, where do you, where do you see your audience as as far as the spectrum of entertainment versus instruction? It's it's funny you should ask that because um, I just got back from a trip to North Carolina, hanging out with Wes Wayne. Oh yeah, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. and Sean Jolliker and Josh Price, yep. um, who I do a, a podcast with. Not to plug my own podcast no, in your plug podcast. It, plug, plug it away. away. That's, plug what, it away. that's what you're here for. I, uh, I'm a host on the Making Geeks podcast where yep. we talk about being a maker, being a dad, and being a geek because all of us are are all of those things. And so we we just had a maker meetup in North Carolina with the Tri, Tri-City Area Maker Group and, and our podcast group. And during that time... Um, we were up late one night with, with all these people talking about my content. I, I felt <laughs> bad being the center, like being the center of attention for all these people talking about my content. But, um, before that moment and talking to all of those people, I would have guessed that my audience, um, is wanting to know the techniques, the how of the project. Mm. Oh, that's really cool that you built a doghouse. How did you build it? Um, but after talking with all of those people about my stuff, it's more about the reveal mm-hmm. than it is about oh, the yeah. process. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which was kind of surprising for me. I mean, when, I don't know if it was just being in my own head, it's like, Oh, I'm so great or whatever. I, <laughs> I thought that people were literally going to watch my videos be like, Oh cool. I want to make that rewatch the video 15 times and then make the thing which <laughs> and in freeze and four, freeze yes. and free <laughs> in the four years that i've done this only one person that i that has reached out to me at least that i know of has made something that i made in one of my videos and wow. as a result of my of the video which was super cool super cool to have a dad watch one of my ninjago weapon videos who has a son that really likes Ninjago. And so they watched the video and he took a two by four and carved out the sword, just like I did in the video and made it for his son and then sent me a picture of it. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Like anyone and anyone that's listening, that is the highest honor. I mean, right. Like that's the biggest thing is someone, when someone makes something that you've made for, for their kid. Oh my gosh. And I, I thought that was awesome because I, right. I thought that's what my audience was. But after after that conversation at the Maker Meetup and just really reflecting on that conversation, I realized, yeah, it's uh, at least for the stuff that I do, because like you were saying, it's so niche. And, you know, I know that people aren't going to make this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, people have bought my plans to do stuff, but I, I know there is less of a likelihood that they're actually going to go through and make the thing. Um, but just, I, I realize now that my audience is more for, Hey, I want to be inspired by watching you do this thing rather than, Hey, I want to learn how you do this thing. Does that give you a certain amount of freedom though? Cause I imagine like if you're doing videos where your whole pro most of your process is documented in some way, I imagine the freedom of just being able to just do and lightly explain when something doesn't clearly makes sense like right off the bat 
I can imagine that that's got to be liberating compared to people who stop at every step and explain it, then camera move, Mm -hmm. set the camera, do another step, stop, explain. Like you must, your projects must feel more free flowing than someone who has to do so much product. I mean, you do a lot of production, don't get me wrong, but you don't have to, you can stay in the flow of doing the thing rather than stopping all the time. Yeah, which um, my next video that I'm putting out, I think will be a reflection of that. Because like I said, I just had this conversation last week. And so now that I'm, I've grown from this experience of having that maker meetup in North Carolina, I'm, yeah, I, I do feel like I have more of a freedom to not try, uh, not try to conform to what I think my audience wants. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, it, you know, if you follow my stories, I... I I have moments of like huge self-doubt where mm-hmm. I pull, pour over the analytics and yep. I, I I literally read and respond to every single comment on all of my videos and yep. have from the beginning. And so sometimes I get in my own head, used to get into my own head and psych myself out about wanting to make what people will watch. Um, because there's a pressure to make, make a video you know, people will watch, especially when you're like me and you're doing this full time and this is how you support your family. Like you want every video to go viral. And so you're like, Oh, I got to follow the trends and I got to pour through the analytics. So like, Oh, my audience retention dropped off from here to here. Why did it drop off from here? Oh, it's because of this. Well, maybe I need to take that out. And so it's, it's very easy to like fall down that hole. And it's a hole that I've fallen down a lot, but I always say that the people that, you know, you always hear people, especially, and what's really funny is the, the amount of times you'll hear it from people who are huge versus people who aren't the people who are huge will always say the numbers don't matter. That's absolute nonsense, right? Everybody who does content creation, the numbers matter. The difference between someone with a healthy relationship with their numbers and someone with an unhealthy relationship with their numbers is obsession. And I think that's where it really, that's where the rubber meets the road for a lot of people because the normal people that can live a healthy life there, it's not that the numbers don't matter to you. It's that the numbers don't shape your whole life. You're not basing every decision and every shot and every music choice and everything around your numbers. Your numbers are an indication, something that you should pay attention to. But not something that that drives every decision you make and drives you insane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it is. It's easy to get wrapped up in that. And I've been really, I got to admit, I've been really surprised. And, you know, I, 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 when you, you, you do talk very frankly about your numbers. And there have been times where you've gotten in your stories and you'll talk about, I don't understand what's going on. You know, I really thought this was going to take off. And you can almost feel like this, oh, man, come on. And that's the, that's the side of this. And somebody who doesn't really pay attention or doesn't understand would just go, you just got to stop paying attention to the numbers. Why are you watching the numbers so much? They don't understand that when you pour your work right. and your love and your heart into something and it lands with a thud, it, it hurts. I mean, it just it, I don't understand how anyone could say it shouldn't hurt. Yeah, it's nice to make the things you love to make, but when nobody else is kind of – it's not resonating for anybody – it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Well, and and the problem is, is it's not that it's not resonating with people. It's 
we can't control the algorithm and like that's the that's the well, nonsense now, about all this and that's the other interesting part right because it used to be like oh just make better content well now you could be making the best content in the world and people won't see it somebody actually messaged me today i won't say who but somebody actually messaged me today and goes i thought you stopped doing instagram <laughs> what what goes, uh-huh. and he because he, he said i haven't seen your stuff in weeks so i just thought you stopped doing instagram I'm like wow Okay, that's that's not good. So I'm doing clearly I'm not doing something correctly, but it's it's just a really weird feeling. Like I'm not all right, maybe maybe there was a period where I was a little bit lax in posting, but you know, I was getting seen by more people. I know I was, I can tell in the analytics, but now I'm hearing from people like, Oh yeah, I thought you stopped Instagram. It's like, okay, well, I don't have a lot of control over whether Instagram shows me at all to somebody. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's it's weird. Like, you know, that that is the hardest part, though, too, yeah. because and I, I've talked about it before. You go through waves like mm-hmm. and that and that's the that's the thing. That's the most annoying and frustrating part about uh, the algorithm. And YouTube is even worse because you put so much more time in it. But yeah, on Instagram, I mean, literally the last couple of weeks, I posted one new video a week and then you know, maybe another, you know, like a throwback kind of thing. But the one thing a week has done really, really well. They, they've done, they've gotten on Explore, which never happens for me, and they blow up. And those are garbage projects versus some <laughs> of the other things I've done. I mean, they're not, I mean, not garbage. I, that's, I mean, are that's, you, that's, are not, you t- like talking about the, the lighter holder? That the you lighter did? holder? Yes. Right. Yeah. I, will, I will say that that's a, I mean, that's a, like a, garbage let's say but it's a it's a exactly what it is it's, it's a to I, have ha- I had project. i had an hour and a half on sunday right. to do a project and i whipped that out and you know i have my formula for an instagram video and i can i can rip uh, i can whip the project out and i can whip the uh the video out because i know the you know i know the you know i know the formula and i can put that out and the last couple of weeks, those have done really, really well, even though those are some of the simplest projects I've ever done. And so you got to ride the waves and that's, and, but it's super frustrating. And I think YouTube is different because for me, YouTube, it, you, you do like, it's not that you put in a little bit of effort. You, you, you can't whip those things out. You, you're putting a lot of your heart and soul into a YouTube video. And when they don't deliver not because they're not good videos or not because they're not good content, but just because the algorithm doesn't well, want and, to support you that time. That's frustrating. And that would be the thing, right? Like if you could look at it and go objectively, I didn't put a lot into this. Right. It's a, it's a yeah. garbage video. I understand why nobody's right. watching it. That makes sense. But when you put your heart and soul into something right. and your first view comes two hours after you post, it's like, Oh geez, why did well, I bother? <laughs> and, and in Donovan, in your case, your video like your projects a hundred percent should go viral like and i don't i'm not just saying that because I, you're I, on our podcast I totally or all agree with you. <laughs> but like but they should no i mean they, but they should like they have everything about your builds are viral work uh yeah they warrant it right and that like but that's the problem well, with the algorithm so there's no reason and this is a good example and donovan just because i have your youtube page up in front of me the Breath of the Wild Playhouse got 1.2 million views, right? The Link's Awakening Doghouse got 3,500. 
Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason for right, that disparity. Right, none. Right, there's right. no, there's none reason, yeah. <laughs> you know, none reason, yeah. none and, reason. And it's funny because it's like, Oh, okay. This project is similar enough to that project. The thumbnail looks similar enough. Right. The content, right. All that kind of stuff. Why? I'm like, it will perform. Like I had all the expectation yep. in the world of it will perform. As you should just flip over As one and land on the other. Right. Like that's pretty much <clears> where <throat> you should be at with it. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's yeah. there's things that happen. So I'm, uh, I, Vincent, we've talked about Emil, uh, the practical mm-hmm. engineer. There's things people, guys like him, and he was lucky enough to get like kind of exposure on some blogs and some uh, mag- online magazines and stuff like that for his like uh, Oreo dispenser and stuff like that. And oh, is that the one that uh, if you push your chin up against yes. it, it pops? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. About. And he blew up for that. And again, he's brilliant. <laughs> that guy makes amazing things. And and that was an amazing project. It was super funny. It was like exactly what could go viral. And it did. And, but but there's reasons why that one went viral. Be, is, it's kind of because it got picked up by a bunch of different things. It's so frustrating when the the like the both sides of the other thing is there's video there's videos that don't get that kind of like blog exposure or that kind of outside third party exposure and they just blow up and you're like why did that blow up (laughs) i don't understand (laughs) and again it's like not to not to be you know not to put those projects down or anything like that it's just like why did that one do this it's not and a matter this project that's so much better well yeah. you're not asking why did it do well right because why right. why things do well fine things but there are things that just catch and it's i yeah. don't like it's like tiktok is a perfect example like you look at some how many views oh 22 million views what right. is this it's a middle-aged housewife dancing with her cat and it's like well all right well that's that's definitely worth 22 million views that totally makes sense like <laughs> It, it's it's weird and i'm not saying yeah. don't dance with your cat or film it if that's that's how you get where you're going in life then by all means dance with your cat dance like nobody's watching <laughs> but it, it is really really funny and that's yeah. why i i know that you're not supposed to like i said before i know you're not supposed to look at this stuff but even just as a what the hell is going on kind of thing you almost yeah. have to again again like what i was saying though it's like it's for me it's way easier to kind of accept that for instagram because mm-hmm there's a certain amount of time and, you know, effort that goes into an Instagram post. Of course. Even, even if you do a video like I do, you know, like, yeah, that takes some time or whatever, but there's a certain amount of like, okay, if it, you know, it is what it is. Like yeah. this one didn't take off. Yeah. But a YouTube video, when you, when you spend hours and you get it down, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, and then, and it still flops. It's just like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> And it's like all of all of this said, because th- this was the kind of conversation that I was having at this maker meetup. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that somebody mentioned that was really poignant for me, it was Nicole from Wing Geeks Craft, if you know her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is that oh, yeah. um, it's so easy to try and chase an audience that you don't have. Right. Um, well, at the same time, forgetting about the audience that you do have. Interesting. Because the audience that you do have, they are there for you. They will right. be there to support. Like, even if they don't like the the proper, like in my particular case, if I do something that's like my next project is God of War related, even if they don't like God of War, they will they will watch the content. They will support me as a creator because it's me. And so it's <laughs> I made <it>. <laughs> <laughs> and so. 
it's easy to get it's easy to lose to lose focus yeah um, yeah because and, you want to make and sure something that's not there yeah and so that that was that was a really poignant moment for me yeah. because i think i have fallen uh at least recently since i've gone full-time because i went full-time in may mm-hmm. um i have i've been very wrapped up in finding the audience that i don't have rather than acknowledging the audience that i do have Oh, and again, yeah. growing from that moment, it's it's that's something that I'm going to focus on now is is building that core audience that I do have. And if the audience that I don't have come, that's great. If they don't come, then that works out, too, because I can't control that. Right. I can't control people right. who aren't going to watch my content, but I can control the people that are going to watch my content and make the experience better for them. Yeah, so that's no. one of the things that I'm really trying to do moving forward from this point on, um, you know, because again, that experience of having that maker meetup. Well, I think, I think that's, uh, yeah. That, and that makes so much sense to me. And the people, the, your core audience are the people that are going to support you and, oh, and yeah. tell their friends about you and all those things. And the per- peripheral people that are kind of just like, subscribe hit subscribe and never you know really care they're not actually going to drive anything for you right mm-hmm. and yeah, so to all the people that are listening to this episode right now we want you to know we love your face oh yeah <laughs> so happy that you're oh, we say it all the time we have a small <laughs> but very engaged audience right like yeah. our, we get we get comments we get feedback we get right. donations i mean our audience is like i said small but engaged and I, I I would love to have making it numbers where, you know, 70,000, 70,000 people downloaded a month and that's an off month. But you know what? That's what it is. That's mm-hmm. what our that's what our place is. And right it's now. not to see it's not to say that it can't be that one day. Right. But, exactly. No. Yeah. And, and that's that's see, that's the difference between, again, the healthy relationship versus right. the unhealthy relationship. The healthy relationship says, wow, if 70,000 people are listening to that one show, that's a big pie. The, yeah. the unhealthy relationship says it's a finite pie and they have all of it and I can't get any. Right. The, yeah. the healthy relationship looks at it and goes, that's a big ass pie and I want my piece, you know? And yeah, I think and that's, it's, it's that's easy where we to fall in. into like comparison when you of see, course. when you right. see like, Oh, Bob Claggett just sold out a stadium full of 500,000 people to watch him. <laughs> build a kitchen sink or whatever. <laughs> and you don't have those numbers. Right. Um, it's really easy to, to do that comparison. But then if you were to think if, if, if a thousand people showed up at your doorstep yes. right now it's, to exactly. watch you work on something in your garage, how would that make you feel? Exactly. You'd I'd like, shut the door crap. and hide. <laughs> a thousand people are here to like, watch me make a matchstick holder out of leather or whatever. Right. Like if it's, it's easy to like, it's easy to place a disparity between numbers and people because all we see is numbers, not realizing sometimes that those are, those are people. And if those people were standing in front of you watching, you know, watching you make something, it would be a totally different experience than just seeing a little ticker at the bottom of your video. I was, and and again, uh, there's no way to gauge this, but the percentage of people that are 100% committed, as you were talking about Donovan, like, the people that are 100% committed to you as a person and they will watch whatever you do and they, they want to support you no matter what versus the thousands of people that are like, I, I click 
subscribe and I've never watched a video again. Yeah. <laughs> like there is a difference there. And, you know, I don't know. I I was at the DMV a couple of weeks ago when I got my new uh, my terrain and I was I'm at the DMV and I was listening to a podcast. I don't remember what show it was. I don't remember who they were, but I remember them talking about numbers. It's funny how often this conversation comes up for something that you're not supposed to care about and everyone talks <laughs> about it. But yeah. anyway, they're talking about numbers and they're like, you know, they made the same. They made a similar example. And actually was again this week on making it where they said, just imagine a room with the number right. of people who grab your podcast or listen, watch your video. Imagine a room with that many people in it. What does that look like? And I'm like, and I'm, I'm hearing that at, at the DMV. And I, I just quickly did a, did a head count of the number of people because it was busy. Right. And I'm looking around like, wow, it is really busy here today. I'm never going to get to a counter. So I'm sitting there and I have plenty of time on my hands. So I just started counting the people and there were about, 175 people at the DMV and I'm looking and I'm like, this is like, you know, and I'm not telling anything people don't already know. We've already, we've talked about our specific numbers many times. That's like half our weekly audience now, like 175 people listen to, you know, 175 people are in the DMV and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of people. And then in, in the context of a podcast, you go, Jesus, only 350 people grabbed that episode. What did we do wrong? But dude, 350 people, that's twice this room that you're standing in going, wow, it's packed here today. It's busy. Like there's a lot. Like, of I wish here. all these people weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they were all listening to the podcast on top of the people that are, but you know, that's a whole different score. But it, <laughs> your perception of numbers yeah. is skewed by the fact that you never actually see the people. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. you never actually see the people. And when you don't see someone face to face or like you don't see a stadium, you know, if, if someone's, oh, what, what's your biggest video? Well, my biggest YouTube video has about 11 to 12,000 downloads. Right. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's that's pretty cool. Like 12,000 people is not bad. Well, 12,000 people is like half of City Field in New York. Like, you know, it's a 25 was it 25,000 people can fit into City Field. It's like 12,000 people watch this video. I was like, wow, that's half of City Field. Watch this video. I'm not unhappy with that. I mean, right. do you always want it to be? Of course you want it to be more. There's nothing wrong with wanting it to be more. But yeah, I think you're 100% right, Donovan. It's about appreciating the audience that you have and not worrying so much about the audience you don't. And by the way, when Geeks Craft, just someone, we I don't know that we've ever mentioned them on the show. One of the best freaking channels on YouTube, like by 10 miles. They make such oh, yeah. great They're great. Stuff. They really are. They're good it's, people too. I was kind of yeah, upset when 100%. they said they were moving because I'm like, uh-oh. Like, is, is it all going to change? Like, are we just not going to get the cool stuff? And it was a while, but then they came back. It's like, oh, they're right back where they were. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> back where we were. Yeah, anyway. it was it was fun going to visit them, too, in their new place. They haven't, they don't have everything set up yet, but we tried to sneak into their house to, you know, surprise them because they didn't know we were coming, which didn't work <laughs> out for us. Um, because of the ring. Because of technology, yes. The ring the doorbell. Ring. <laughs> totally gave us away. I, I thought but, that was hilarious, by the way. Yeah, that was it was it was a fun experience. It's always a fun experience going to see, uh, you know, going to see other people in their own shops because doing what we do, a lot of what we do is by ourselves in our own shop. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. so being able to get out and have the experience of going to see other people in their own environment is it's kind of invaluable being because not only do you get to like see firsthand how other people do what they do and maybe take some of that back to your own shop and you know improve it 
but just understanding like the the limitations that other people have that maybe you don't or maybe that you do and you can like bond over it or whatever. Oh, right. I mean, and it's, I talk about it all the time, but you know, when I went, the first shop that I ever went into that wasn't my own was Al. I went into his shop and it just, <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to get sappy and sentimental, but it changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. Like everything was the most, li- it was a life changing experience to watch this guy who knows what the hell he's doing. <laughs> with a CNC and me standing there as a blank slate going, I didn't even know you could do that, let alone do that with a CNC. Like I didn't know that could be done. And I, every time, every time he and I have a conversation, like I've been up to his shop a few times since, and every time I go up there, it's just a learning experience like crazy. Cause you know, we teach each other stuff. There's knowledge that I have that he doesn't, and there's knowledge he has that I have yet to learn. And it's, yeah, seeing people in their element is the most natural way to learn from them. It's it's amazing when somebody's in their comfortable space and they're just like, yeah, no, come on, that's right over here. I need this. No, that's right over there. And it just, it flows and you go, oh, wow, I'm really, I'm really vibing with this. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's also like a really, really good way to inject creative energy and motivation into yourself. Right. It's, it's doing you that. invigorated, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, like, you know, this this past year, there hasn't been any. But right. now that things I would I don't want to say getting back to normal because I feel like they're going the opposite yet. way. But I yeah. know. And there's there's still a potential of, you know, things being canceled. But you like right. Workbench Con has been announced. Maker yep. Fair has been announced. Mm-hmm. And like the woodworking show in Atlanta has been announced. Like all these things are coming back. And I don't know, like how how invaluable think you think these experiences are or whether or not they're worth it. I want to tell you right now, they are worth it. Oh, hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I love workbench con. I don't love how expensive workbench con is. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Like every, (laughs) every penny spent on that experience, I think is totally worth it. You know, so can I tell a quick uh, workbench story about you? Yeah. <laughs> well, does so, it involve uh, a lampshade and a bottle of alcohol? Because if not, then I'm sure he's okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, nah, that's a good one. But <laughs> I'll, I'm going to pass on that. Um, so the Cutsall guys. So you remember the Cutsall yeah. guys? Yeah. So um, the, anyone that has ever met them, they're basically like the uh, property brothers on HGTV. Like the two like owners of Cutsall are like these like they're great guys i love them and um and they and they came up to me and like we we, we became friends i think uh because of ellen uh, of little bear furniture or whatever and um but they came up to me the last night and they're like have you have you met this guy donovan i'm like yeah i know Donovan. <laughs> like yeah totally and they're like, this guy's amazing and i'm like yeah he is but why are you saying that and they're like let me show you this video and they showed me this video of you carving like out on a whim just using their tools and cutting this workbench like the workbench logo out of out of wood and just like carving it freehand and just doing it in like real time and they're they're like this guy's amazing i'm like yeah he's 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 (laughs) freaking amazing so yeah, that that's my uh, cuts all Donovan story, <laughs> and and not to plug cuts all, but um, my next video that I have coming out is uh, it's it's all cuts all. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're they're the, the the two of them are, but right, aren't they the kind of the prop rows? Like 
Oh yeah, yeah, I could I could totally get on board yeah. with that analogy. But they're they're amazing guys. They're super super supportive, and they're like great, you know, kind of like grassroots guys that are yeah. But yeah. but it was so funny because they're like because we'd be become friends, and they they came over to me like, have you do you guys know this guy? Do you know him? He's dying. I had, I had no idea they did that. That's yeah, funny. yeah. They 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 were uh, like they were so blown away by the fact that you just like freehanded carved the WorkbenchCon logo into a piece of wood with their cut saw tools. It was so well, funny. yeah, because I went to the power carving class. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they were like, yeah, you know, because she was showing the techniques and everything like that. And now, now just practice. And I'm like, well. I don't want to just practice. I'm my brain doesn't work that way. I'd like I need right. to I'm something gonna do. specific. I'll just do the workbench con logo. And so I was like, <laughs> and I thought it looked terrible because no, lo- the, so the truth and the beauty of most of the stuff that I work on is that it w- looks great from a distance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so as long as you don't get too close, <laughs> it looks fantastic. And that little workbench con, you know, sign that I made with their cuts all stuff. It looked fantastic from a distance. It was so funny. So- <laughs> I, they, they were like, they were so excited to show me. And I'm like, I don't know why you're excited to show me. I'm nobody anyways, but it was so, <laughs> it was just so funny. I was like, yes, I know him. He, he's a person I've met him. And we have, yeah. <laughs> we've, we, we've actually met in meat space. Like, yeah, actual, exactly, exactly. Like actual really meeting, not like right. modern day meeting. It's amazing. <laughs> you did something. So last year for uh, May for makers, I had the bright idea that I was going to do it all on YouTube. And I did I did every day of May for Makers as a YouTube video, which was the dumbest idea I've ever had in my life. <laughs> but but by the time the last video came out, you could clearly see and if anybody wants to feel free to go over to the YouTube my YouTube channel, have a look. You'll see the progression. Watch the if you want to just really accelerate things watch the first video and watch the last video and you'll see how much better they got and one of the things i loved is that you're just as insane as i am because you decided you were going to do the same thing oh that was that was crazy (laughs) yeah and then clearly you put a lot of effort into those videos they weren't just like filler content it's unbelievable yeah, we uh, on our on our podcast. Let's plug it again. But here we go on the Making <laughs> Geeks podcast. We we were talking about um, this lull that we feel like we've we've all been experiencing lately. Mm-hmm. Um, at least you know, at least for for the three of us. And we're like, well, how? What what can we do? What is something concrete that we can do to not to rig the algorithm, but to like gain the algorithm in our favor? And there are other makers in this space who a few years ago, that's that's the clarifier to all of this, is a few years ago did a 30-day challenge where they produced 30 videos in 30 days. Well, mm-hmm. at that time, a few years ago, the I algorithm... Jack, I think Jacko did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he did. That's yeah, specifically did. who, we were, who yeah. we were basing this experience off of, is um, at that time, the algorithm favored uh, quantity. Mm-hmm. And so the daily vloggers that were blowing up at the time and, you know, people who were putting out more content, regardless of what the content was, were being favored by the algorithm. And so their channels just exploded. And so we were taking that anecdotal experience, which is the danger of basing, you know, decisions like this on <laughs> anecdotal stuff. And we're like, OK, if we do that on our channel, we will have the same, you know, the same responses that they had a few years ago. Uh, that wasn't the case, <laughs> but, but yeah, we, we did a 30 day challenge and for 30, 30 days, I made 30 videos. Um, 
Some of them admittedly were posted at like 12 30 or one o'clock in the morning, the day after they were supposed to be posted. But it, it was, it was an experience that I think as, as a person I walked away better from, but as a channel, I think it hurt me. <laughs> really? I think it, Oh yeah. It hurt my yeah, channel. Interesting. Yeah. How, I, lost, how so? I lost about a thousand subscribers in the oh, first my gosh. four, four or five days because wow. you know, your, your audience to, and it's, and it's funny because it's such, it's such a deliberate thing to not watch somebody's video is a very passive thing, but to li- but to like make the energy and put forth the action to unsubscribe from a channel is it's, it's a very mm. definitive thing. And apparently this new breadth of content that I was coming out with wasn't what a lot of my subscribers were uh, wanting or expecting or anticipating. And so they unsubscribed and I've had to build it back up to, you know, to get past that. But yeah, it hurt my channel. a wow. lot. Well, and, and it's like right before the 30 day challenge, um, some of my most popular videos were being fed out to the to the to the explore page, YouTube's version of discover or explore. I don't I don't know which one, which moniker they use for it. But I was getting these notifications saying, hey, YouTube is is sharing your content with a wider audience and is performing really well. And I was like, that's great. That's <laughs> even more reason why my new content is going to perform well. Uh, but then because my new content was performing so well, YouTube stopped referring um, my older content to a new audience. So for anybody that thinks it would be a good idea to do a 30 day challenge, I just want to say it. here uh, in 2021, in August, uh, it's not a good idea unless um, looking back on it, unless you have one project that you're working on for those oh. 30 days and you're giving oh, like, I see what you're the yeah. behind the scenes, the right. step, this is how I did it. This is the struggles that I had. This is, you know, how I adapted that kind of, unless you're doing something like that, I think something like 30 to challenge is a complete waste of time, energy and effort. Huh. So how can I draw out the most stupid, ridiculous, lighter? I was just going to yeah. ask, how do I make that a 30 day challenge? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, you do it in one day, and then every mm-hmm. day after that, it's a different beauty shot with a different song. So the algorithm is tricked. Yeah, but you have to yes. pan around. So you have to get one of those really cool sliders. You can get a really cheap one and just do some really cool panning sliding shots. Get a the nice Edelcrone one so you can keep focus on the center as you pan left and right. Yeah, there you go. That's the move. Uh, Cost you a couple yeah, thousand you dollars worth of equipment to yeah, film a lighter. Uh, all that equipment. Oh my God. It's so easy to get wrapped up in, in gear and stuff like that. Edel crone. <laughs> well, it's yep. interesting. Cause you said you, you did say it to me. You, I don't know if we said, see the funny thing is like Ethan and I, no, this is before this, we, we have a podcast yeah. before the podcast. Every yes. week, but always, you, always. you were talking about how you're a gearhead and it's like, Oh yeah, we, I wouldn't call myself a gearhead, but I, I have gear. I've had gear lust on many an occasion. That mm-hmm. is in fact, um, I was just talking before the uh, podcast. I ordered a tufting gun so I can make rugs. Why? Mm. Because I tried Keith Decent's and yep. it was like, I need one of these in my life immediately. Yeah. So totally get that. <laughs> that that guy, I hope he has an affiliate link somewhere. I know for right? that tufting gun because oh my gosh, I, I, he started I, doing I, I it, and I swear, like every other account that yeah. I see right now, yeah. everybody's yeah. doing the tufting yeah. gun. I'm like, well, when not, I, when not I, to say that. You know, it's all his fault, but I'm kind of thinking it's all his fault. So. Well, I saw him. So it's very funny. I saw him at, um, I forgot who I, 
whether I was talking to him on Instagram or whether I saw him when it was when I saw him at Jimmy's, we were talking about, I said, I said, ever since I saw like Schmood and Curry Goat doing this stuff, I've wanted to try it. And he had brought his tufting gun to Jimmy's and I got to try it. And I was like, this is amazing. This is one of the greatest things ever. I said, but I'm watching these guys and they're blowing up and they're doing rugs all the time. And he goes, you know what the sad part is? I had mine longer. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think, I think that with, what he did, what he did that was interesting is he took something that other people were doing and did it in almost a more interesting way. Well, like he, he did it in a fun way. The, that, yeah, the yeah. damaged, the right. damaged popsicles mm-hmm. is a because everybody thing. knows those. Yes, exactly. Everyone has been that kid that ran down the street <laughs> and and bought uh, ice cream, some some kind of ice cream from <laughs> a person that you really should not be trusted to buy anything from or interact <laughs> with at all. And and then it, and you open it up and it does not look like what you thought. Stigmata yeah. Sonic was pretty good, but Cyclops SpongeBob really. Yes, I mean, Cyclops Sponge. Yeah. Cyclops SpongeBob has yep. to be one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that's but, pretty good. So yeah, when you talk about gear, yeah, I don't buy I don't buy a lot of. I still have the same Canon Rebel T six I that I've had for five years. I love this camera. I'm probably I will only exchange it for something else when it dies. I'm very happy with it, but. That's I good. can understand. I can understand why people go crazy for some of the newer stuff because man, there is some great stuff out there these yeah. days. Oh totally. yeah, and it's not just the cameras. Like you were talking, like the Edel drone, uh, the sliders, mm-hmm. and the ones that can like pan right. as they slide and mm-hmm. um, uh, bevelish creations. I don't know oh. if you, you oh, followed yeah. him. Uh, he was on. Yeah, wasn't that the thing of the week last week? For I think he was. Guest? Yeah, I think he was actually. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he's, utilizes he's that yeah. technology for like every shot. We're oh not talking gosh. about like you know one, of, and he's big on like transitions and stuff like that. Oh my his, gosh, yeah, yeah, his content is Alex, like next level. Al- yes, Alex is is beyond next level. Yeah, yeah. So and it's like I said, it's not just the camera gear, man. There's so much other gear, oh, yeah. especially like if you're. Because when I first started out, I I'd gotten out of the film industry, and so I downgrade downsized everything, and I didn't have all the gear that I was used to, and so I was trying to find like creative and unique ways to still get the same effects and shots. And so there would be times where I would tie a rope to my tripod, <laughs> and then I would wrap it around a pole, and then I would tie the other end to my foot, and then as I was like doing the thing, I would like pull my foot, which would then pull the tripod, so I could try and get like a zoom in shot or something like that and there's there's so much behind the scenes that people don't see they're like oh that was a cool shot yeah it was really great i literally had to like knock my camera over to get it but yeah that was fantastic i i had to do that once just to tell you how much i appreciate when you tell a story like that i had to do we were doing um a corporate video and i had to get a shot a continuous shot of a long wall of awards and I'm like, how the hell am I doing this? I can't walk and do this, right? It's just not going to happen. So I'm mm-hmm. like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, I had an idea. So I go, I grab my tripod. I throw it on top of one of the carts from the warehouse, <laughs> point the camera just right, and do this, just roll the cart very slowly down and then just sped it up just enough. But it's like, yeah, people don't understand that sometimes that, you know, what you see is pretty. <laughs> how you got there ain't. <laughs> yeah. Well, so uh yeah I, I, uh donovan i think you were yeah you were part of uh, uh andrew's uh ag desert uh mm-hmm. christmas oh whatever. yes yes, but yes i yes. loved his like outtakes when he like threw the mic 
and it yeah. did not hit the pillow. Like he had a whole, he had like a big, like, like a whole section of his workshop that was just like pillows. And he was going to throw this ex- extremely ex- expensive mic and it like missed the pillows and it hit the ground. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> it's like heartbreaking because he just like trashed a hugely expensive microphone. Is it, but that's behind the scenes. Like that's yeah. what happens, you know? One of the things that one of the things that I've noticed, you know, because when I initially started really setting up to do my product photography, I bought, you know, I bought a I bought a light box and I bought a set of color corrected fifty five hundred K CFLs to go mm-hmm. with the fifty five hundred K LEDs that are inside. And I get really good shots with it. I'm very happy with all of it. But the lighting that's come along since I got that. Like I bought Mary Lou, Mary Lou, God bless Mary Lou. Um, she recommended because I was looking for something oh, little. What's that? The newer? Yeah. yeah. These newer yeah. light panels yeah. that I bought yeah. with their, their Bluetooth. They're Bluetooth controlled. Mm-hmm. They're freaking they're amazing, right? They're and they're, they're, and they're reasonably, reasonably priced. Like, and then they're not and, cheap, but and then my buddy, my buddy Samit Basra, he comes out a couple of weeks ago and he posts a video, and I'm like, I need those in my life. He recommended these light bulbs from Aperture that are okay. So you plug them into a light socket. They're regular light bulbs. You can control the color temperature and everything from your phone. Mm-hmm. Cool as hell, right? Yeah. Then you take them out and you could push a button on them and they turn on while they're sitting in the socket. They're charging and they're battery operated. So if you are shooting something and you need to move your lights to where there's no outlet, you have about one hour of juice sitting in the bulb that you could just take them anywhere you need to go. They're the most incredible lights I've ever seen. They're like 75 bucks a piece. I bought two of them and I am so happy with them. <laughs> I can't wait to have a use for them, but I know one day I will. And that's <laughs> that's the thing, right? You buy all this this gear and it's like, okay, someday it will work. A, a light yep. bulb that I can take out of the outlet and move anywhere and have yeah, I'm going to have a need for that. There's no doubt in my mind I'm going to have a need for that one day and I'm going to be glad I bought it. So It's so funny that you talk about that specifically because my thing of the week is is a little what a segue, way, Vincent. What oh a segue. Well, let's do things of the week then. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So, well, kind of kind of like perfect <laughs> segue for it. Um I just got a little um a little RGB light. Uh they are I can't remember the model number, uh, but the little aperture magnetic back RGB light that can do every color in the spectrum. What does um, RGB stand for? Red, red green, green, and blue. blue. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it does it does color instead of just white and <gasps> right. off white or sunlight. Oh, why and did you show or whatever. me this? It's I know, right? <laughs> um, I, I love don't... this little thing because I I love. Coming from a filmmaking background, I love good lighting and how good lighting mm-hmm. can help tell the story. And color is something that we don't that we don't focus on a lot in in the maker space, which is Mm-mm. which is kind of sad. But yeah, um, it's it's also that like you were saying, you know, technology has come so far. Mm-hmm. But I love this little thing because it allows me to add color that's not yellow into a workshop where <laughs> the majority of everything is yellow. I put yeah. out this this little video um, during the 30-day challenge since we were talking about it, about my troubles color grading in my shop. 
uh, because the wood is like a pine. It's an off yellow, like my skin tone, the background, my wall was beige. So anytime I tried to color grade anything to give it like a dynamic look, it's hard because everything blends together. So I painted the wall in my shop gray. Um, I got some RGB lights. Uh, I'm still working with pine and I still <laughs> look like me so that, you know, I still have that to deal with, but it's going to allow me to add color uh, to add more depth and character to some of my shots and my videos. And I love this thing. If you haven't used RGB in your videos, nope. um, this it's, it's a super cheap investment. And I, I mean, it's, it's $90, I think. Yep. Um, it's for what it does. It is right. so worth it. And I could not recommend it more. I think it is fantastic for anybody that does, even if you do just like photography or videography, anything like that, it is invaluable because it's small, it's light, it's inexpensive. You can take it anywhere. It's super bright. It's the color. It's just fantastic. So I, that's my thing of the week. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at it. I'm probably looking at the right one on B&H and I'm looking at this thing going because it's very funny you mentioned this one. I actually have the predecessor to this one. It's not full RGB, but it's also made by Aperture. It's a little bit smaller, and it's sitting on my shelf right now. And I've oh yeah, I have I've, the same exact one that's sitting on my shelf right now. Yeah, I, used, <laughs> I used twinning. the hell out of that. In fact, one of the funny things I did was I needed to get my um, my shotgun and that on my camera at the same time. So I actually bought a cage from my camera, also from Small Rig, <laughs> just so I can have them both on at the same time, like. It's a great little light. So this is basically it's Big Brother with some color. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a good yeah, one. Um, I, yeah, we got to put that in the show notes because I yep. have no idea where you guys. Yeah, I would. About, uh, based on my experience with its little brother, I would highly recommend this one. And I love that it comes awesome. with a protective shell that acts, acts as a diffuser. That's really freaking cool. Yeah. So that that's because great. If you don't know this about lighting, especially with with people that make YouTube videos, mm -hmm. the key to good lighting is diffusion, diffusion, diffusion. Mm -hmm. As much as you can, diffusion. My thing is just like, uh, I hope I get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my thing. But Christ, <laughs> you know, you know what's funny though. You know what's <clears throat> funny though. We 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 we. We so joke. This aperture light, like this aperture yeah. light, is a really good example of the bar is lower than it was to get right. in with good equipment. Now, mm -hmm. this isn't this is a small light. This isn't going to light your whole room, but it's a really good like a like a spotlight, like a right. small spotlight. It's really good for lighting a specific area, and I think that's what people are starting to learn. It's not just flood the room with light. And then hope everything looks good when you film it. People are definitely learning a lot more about lighting, like key lighting and face lighting and all this stuff. And it's like, wow, you know, the average knowledge of filmmaking now in right. the YouTube community <clears throat> is where people were graduating from film school for maybe, I don't know, let's say 15 years ago. It's, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. I mean, you were, you were a professional in this area. Do you see the same thing or am I, am I seeing it because I'm outside the industry? No, no, no. It's it's amazing because the production quality of some of the people's but you guys, I love that you guys love on Mary Lou as much as I like love on Mary Lou <laughs> because her mm -hmm. her production quality right. rivals like professionals. She's the 100%. queen for a reason. She's yeah. the queen for a reason. She, but she's like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the space that we're in. And it, and it's great because you can learn these things. 
right. whether asking somebody or right. just going on YouTube and watching tutorials, like you, like you said, it's not about just putting a whole bunch of LEDs, you know, up on your ceiling and flooding everything with light, mm-hmm. like TV, like a TV show. No, make it cinematic, like add right. shadows, you can make, add you contrast, can add, mood. add color. You can, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. This, this is interesting. So now this, this brings me to my, my, the natural progression of questions. Do you think that that production quality scares people off from making something? Like, I know there's still, you know, YouTube will always tell you, oh, there's 4.6 billion minutes of video uploaded every 35 seconds. What are you talking about? Everyone goes on you. I know, mm-hmm. but let's be honest. A lot of it's garbage, right? We know that not everything is high production value that goes on YouTube. Do you think that the, that the, the, that people like Mary Lou and I'm not knocking her. It's just something I've always been curious about. Somebody who's that good at it. Right. You look at it and go, I'm not going to be that good. I'm just not bothering. Like, I'm just not going to do this. Like, I, um, I always wonder that before TikTok TikTok came along, I would probably say yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, like that the quality barrier to entry, I think would have dissuaded a lot of people from wanting to pursue something like this. But ever since TikTok came along and realizing <clears throat> you could, you could blow up by f- dancing with your cat in your living room, you know, like you were talking <laughs> Good about. <callback. laughs> I think that has definitely changed the game, especially since Instagram and YouTube are trying to capitalize on, right, on the that type yeah. of content. Yeah. yeah. And because because it's a new feature, like whenever there's a new feature, they're going to try to showcase the content that utilizes that new feature mm-hmm. more than the people that utilize it for the old content. And oh. so when the the head of Instagram came out and said, we are no longer a <coughs> picture oh, yeah. sharing platform, like that should be everybody's indication. That's like make con- make TikTok content for Instagram right. now because right. um, like it doesn't, we you don't have to have that, that production quality at least if you want to focus on that i think in terms of like longevity um that you need that kind of quality right that's just me yes. being biased because Agreed. i'm coming coming from that kind of background but i look at myself and what i like to consume and what inspires me and what drives me to do better and be better in the space is those people that have that kind of production value. Mary Lou, like I said, she's an amazing example because watching her stuff inspires me to want to do better and film better yeah. and light better yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Whereas watching, you know, a TikTok video that's entertaining, it doesn't inspire me to want to be better. And so, well, and even, even some of our favorite YouTubers, it's not inspiring. I'm sorry. I'm just right. Like it's not yeah. like their video content is not that inspiring well, as much as someone like Mary Lou. Well, it's interesting because it there's there's two kinds of inspiration you can get from a YouTube video: how they make the video or what they make yeah. in the video. Right. 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 So right. You know, if I watch if I watch some people just prop a camera up and shoot a time lapse of everything that they're doing, do I enjoy those videos? Of course I do. I love yeah. a lot of people that do that. Some people mm-hmm. do only that, and those are great. But is that going to inspire me to up my game? No. In fact, right. in a lot of cases, it's going to inspire me to imitate them to an extent. Right. Whereas right. somebody like, you know, Mary Lou, you know, brings out the slider to get one shot of dust coming off the blade of her saw. And it's like, OK, that's the end of that shot. You know, you can imagine <laughs> I can imagine just a storyboard with red yarn connecting blocks <laughs> like in her in her like yeah. planning stages. And you know, that's the kind of things like, you know what, that's just the that's the bar being raised on you. That's 
I yeah. consume most of my YouTube content. I, and, you know, I feel bad because I watch a lot of creators. There are some that I drop everything for. There are others that I just watch everything from. Mm-hmm. And the ones I tend to drop everything for, I tend to watch on my TV, right? I sit there with the Apple TV remote in hand going through YouTube. That's pretty much where most of my TV time is spent watching YouTube on the Apple TV. And the idea that it's going to just get overtaken by vertical TikTok videos is just like, Ugh. Ugh, like yeah. that doesn't appeal to me. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a place for it. I'm not saying don't do what you love. If you love doing them, go ahead and do them. I'm just saying that as a content consumer, mm-hmm. it doesn't appeal to me. I like watching right. longer form videos on a big TV, on my couch mm-hmm. with a cup of coffee in the morning. You know, I, I like all that. That's to me, that's the right way to watch something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that like for me as a content creator, that is my goal for mm-hmm. people right. to watch right. not on their phone, uh, but to watch them on their TV. So it's like I um, I edit all my stuff in 4K. I don't shoot in 4K. I just upscale to 4K um, because because I, I want people to watch these on their TV. I um, shoot in two to one aspect ratio, um, which hmm. if, if you don't know about aspect ratios, uh, it's it's a little technical, but like square box is the old way that people you know, used to consume content and then phones came along and 16 by nine. And now the new phones that are coming out are longer and they're thinner. And so the aspect ratio for a lot of new phones is two to one. Two to one is also the standard cinematic aspect ratio for like old, old Westerns and stuff like that. So there is a cinematic feel to it by having your video in two to one uh, and having it in 4k. I want people to watch my videos on a TV and feel like they're watching a movie. Like I, I, I'm talking about it again, but like my next video that's coming out, I just got a drone. And so I have drone (laughs) shots in this video now that I'm like, this is going to be awesome because like, it's going to add more of a cinematic quality to my videos that I didn't have before. So again, geeking out about technology, like it's it's so cool to be able to to do that and to utilize that tool to make it, to make it more like a movie. Well, yeah, establishing shots and and B-roll. It's all stuff mm-hmm. that the average person on YouTube was literally just pointing their camera at something funny, you know, 10 years mm-hmm. ago. And now it's like, no, I got a drone so I could do a real cool pull-away shot of my backyard. Wait, what? <laughs> you got what? You know, we didn't even, people didn't even buy drones. And now they're buying drones to get one shot in one YouTube video. You know, it's like, yep, that's, that's, because that's, that's but that's awesome. where the bar that's where the bar is now, right? right. Like and yeah. that's why I always get this this I have these mixed emotions because do I love watching those videos? Yeah. But as someone who doesn't really make YouTube content, I watch that and go, Ugh, I can never do that. I don't have the head for it. Like right. I, I just I don't. I readily admit I don't. Right. And you know, I talked earlier about the one video I had that that actually meant anything to the analytics, <clears throat> right? It was it was literally my camera propped up on a tripod that was sitting on my work table and I was showing people how to make resin pendants. Okay. It was one shot with me doing the voiceover as I was doing the video. And it's, and it's like production wise, it's garbage. It's still got 11,000, 12,000 views. So it's right, like, right. Maybe yeah. I need to stop worrying so much about stuff like that. Like just make sure it's well lit, that it sounds decent. That and it's do in what focus. you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Have a little fun in front of the camera right. and no one really cares. Like, and like the beauty, the beauty of this medium is the fact that it it's like as long as there is a good story, mm-hmm. people can forgive all the other stuff. Yeah. It's true. 
yeah, which true. is what it like, which is why I like focusing on the storytelling aspect of it, which is why, I, you know, I named my channel Once Upon a Workbench is because as long yeah. as there's a yeah. story that can tie everything together, it could be people will be more forgiving that, you <laughs> know, my lighting isn't great or that I don't know what I'm doing or, that it, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, totally. It's, it's really interesting, by the way, that, uh, you know, Gary from The Everyday Dad, when um, he's one of the he's really just a great content creator in general. But the one thing he always said that stuck with me really, really hard. People can forgive anything bad in a video, but if your audio is bad, it's almost mm -hmm. instant death. Like mm, yeah. if your lighting is off, if it's a little bit out of focus, if it's a little jittery, if it's not, you know, people let that go. If the music sucks or if it's too loud, you're starting to get into problem areas. If you do a VO and it doesn't sound good or, you know, because if you can't half pay attention to that and if it doesn't sound good enough for you to half pay attention to, most people are just going to tune it out anyway. And I'm like, huh, interesting, because <laughs> that almost flies in the face of everything that you're told. It's like, oh, no, your quality's got to be crisp. Your light's got to be spot on and everything. And it's like, yeah, but audio seems to be a bigger factor in people. So I don't know. I always wonder, you know, maybe he knows something we don't. I don't know. But there's truth to that. There's definitely truth to that. I feel like that with the podcast, which is why the audio on this show is usually pretty good. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's interesting because when you have guests, it's like it's kind of a roll of the dice. Like they're going to come on and it's not going to be good. Are they, you know, they're going to come on and not have any audio whatsoever. I mean, that's happened, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. But um, I can believe it. <laughs> Anyway, um, Ethan, you want to do your thing of the week? Yeah, my uh, all right. Yeah, my thing of the week is uh, it, since it, it seems to fit in, back. if it's the one I think it is. <laughs> Wait, what? Since it seems to fit into the discussion we've been having, if it's the one I think it no, is. It, it, no, I think it's going to be a, a, a game. Oh, changer. he's calling an audible, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, my my thing of the week is actually something that I got sent from a uh, a manufacturer. Uh, they sell their products on Amazon. Ooh. Um, but, uh, so I got sent this belt sander from jealous. So J E L L A S and it's a belt sander. They sell their products on Amazon. They send it to me and it's kind of like, a Vincent, remember when I kind of did a, a quasi thing of the week with the silhouette mint? Yes. <laughs> Where I'm like, ah, I'm not, I can't really recommend it, but. Uh -huh. So that's the same quality. So uh, they sent me this belt sander and I like it. It's it, it's very, uh, I like all the features of it. Um, so I have a Ryobi like handheld belt sander, which I, I love Ryobi, but this is one of those products that uh, they do. They kind of, it's barely, short. I have the same one. It's barely they fell short. They and fell you short. can bog it down very easily. And the, and the, and the, the belts like slip off no matter how much you like yeah. tweak the tension. I can't, get the, I can't get the tracking right on it. Yes. After a certain amount yes. of time, it's just, I have to stop, slide the belt back on, readjust yeah. the tracking and start. Over. <laughs> yes. So I have that one and. Like I, I love Ryobi, but this is not one of their best products. No. So this company sent me one. It's it's I mean, I, I put it in the same like quality as that. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I think I, I I've used it twice. Okay. And yeah, I think I think it's a it's, it's really it's a good quality belt sander for the amount of woodworking that I do. Fair enough. That makes sense. But that's I think I hate to say it, but I think that's where Ryobi really shines, too. Yeah. It's right. the perfect tool if you're it's they somebody once called this like 
Rigid is the semi-pro brand at Home mm-hmm. Depot, and Ryobi is the Weekend Warrior brand. I'm like, yeah. yep, and, that's, and that's, that's what a, I think I am. Yeah, a week, kind of a Weekend Warrior when it comes yeah. to those tools. Yeah, like so, when it comes to stitching chisels, you'll buy one stitching chisel that oh, costs yeah. more than this belt 100%. sander. <laughs> right. Yeah, so anyway, so they, they send it to me to be you know, completely transparent. They send it to me, and they wanted me to do a, uh, like a video review, and I said, no, I don't do that kind of thing, but I'll if you want to send it to me, I'll use it in a video and I'll, you know, give my okay. honest feedback. And, uh, but yeah, I, I actually think it's actually a really good tool for someone like me. I'll put it that way. I feel like it might have some limit, uh, limits when it goes long-term and a lot of heavy use, but the, the sending, uh, the sending pad does not slip off like it does on the Ryobi one. That's already and, an improvement. <laughs> yes, exactly. A hundred percent. And my favorite part of it is they had this really cool, uh, uh, thing clamps where you can flip it over and they have clamps that you can, uh, clamp it onto your workbench and use it as like a belt, uh, like a bench top, mm-hmm. um, uh, belt sander. Okay. So. Now I know the one that they sent you and I'm looking at it. Yeah, this is, this is nice. There's nothing wrong yeah, with this. And, and it's $10 cheaper than the Ryobi one. And, Honestly, I I will say that it's 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 as good if not better than the Ryobi one. So, and it's a light it's a light duty it's a light duty sander with a it's yeah. actually got a bigger belt which is kind of cool. Yeah, and and it comes with a ton of different belts. Um, and it, it and I used it for two projects, and the belt did not slip off the same way that the Ryobi one did. So fantastic! Yeah, it's fantastic. This is a good little uh, looks like. Yeah, again, it's not going to be something if you're a you know heavy woodworker or anything like that. That this probably isn't the one for you. But if you're you know a woodworker like me, it's a, it's a good option. So okay, there we yep. go. So we'll have that. And by the way, on Amazon, it's uh, four and a half stars in the uh, in the reviews. Yeah. So clearly, there's something to it. So yeah. okay, we'll have that link. We'll definitely have that link in the show notes. Um, my thing of the week is an interesting one because <laughs> I kind of teased the <laughs> yes, boys a little earlier. Yes, it is. Um, I sent them an Instagram account. I was like, this is my thing of the week. And what is it? it, it, it she, it's an absolutely stunningly beautiful woman. <laughs> it's like, I'm sending this to be coy on purpose. And I don't know. Did, did either of you guys check out the check out what she does or no? Uh, no comment. Yeah, she, <laughs> that's what she does. She plays she plays chess. So I, I don't know how the hell YouTube. I think it's because I made a chess piece for Emmett. And I think that, you know, and I watched um, of his video about the chess pieces that he had sent that had been sent in. So I think they think I really like chess and I do. I like chess. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm not a great chess player, but I like chess a lot. And. I started watching her videos and basically here's, here's the, um, here's the storyline. So she goes out to New York city at Washington square park and in now in times square. And I think there's some in union square now too. There are <laughs> basically chess hustlers, right? And Chris Ramsey came to New York once and he played a couple of them and he just was, as one was cheating, he was catching them on camera, cheating and putting the pieces back while he was cheating like it was one it was one of his best videos well this woman is a chess master official ranked chess master in the united states but she's young and she's gorgeous so she goes to play chess against these chess hustlers and it just like i you can tell 
that initially they may not be taking her completely seriously and she just crushes them. <laughs> it's just it's the greatest thing in the world and she sits gambit it, it's wonderful it yeah by the way that was amazing i don't i don't know if i made that my thing of the week at any point while it was uh, running, queen's but, gambit yeah absolutely oh my god i oh. i i kind of like boycotted it because it's nights. like such so popular and i was just like uh two nights it was, it was one of the so best good. things I've ever seen. It was really, seen. really good. Yes, a hundred percent. This is basically the Queen's Gambit in real life. Like she's she's an incredibly talented chess player, and it's fun just watching her play these games with a smile. And for those of you that don't play chess, there's a there's an element to this that I find really, really interesting. Tournament chess players like her, um, people that are ranked, they generally play a slow paced game. So you know they have the timers, and there are time limits. And, you know you are limited to a certain amount of time for a game. But when you play these street guys, it's like a it's like a three or four minute game, sometimes a two minute game. So, you know, you watch the moving. You ever see a you ever see these guys on the street play? They're moving pieces, they're slapping the clock, move the piece, slap the clock, move the piece, slap the clock. And she's playing that style of chess, which is very difficult for people accustomed to playing tournament chess. And she's just she just wins. That's all she does. She just wins. And it's fun to watch and she's got a pretty fun personality like she laughs and tells jokes and she talks trash and it's a great channel the channel is called botez live b-o-t-e-z live and there's other stuff on there like she likes crypto and you know she's got a whole bunch of other content but the chess content is just absolutely fantastic and i think you would really enjoy it it's even if you're not a chess fan just watching her play is fun it's just fun to watch so there you go. That's my th- weird YouTube recommended thing of the week. So I like it. I like it. Um, Donovan, yes. I am so sorry that we didn't have you on when we initially thought we had. I thought. <laughs> well, I honestly thought. I honestly thought when I asked you a couple of weeks ago. Um, I honestly thought. I'm like, I wonder if he's going to say no again. I really honestly thought we'd already asked you and you said no, or that you couldn't do it. Donovan and we just such never a seen dick. that. Up, <laughs> I'm really, really glad that we got to talk to you because it's, yeah, it's just too. been a hell of a lot of fun finally talking to you. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad to be here because you guys, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but you guys are always one that I listen to. So I'm, I'm glad to be here. Aww. I would love to say, I would love to say, cause we, lo- I always love to hear that we're someone's first podcast, but I mean, you're your own first podcast. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> little vibes um, but that's okay you want to um you want to yeah, tell people plug, where plug they can all find your things you. plug you plug everything yeah. plug away my friend that's, <laughs> plug all my things that that's yeah. the upside that's the upside to being here is you get to plug all your stuff my uh my main residence online is is on youtube or on my web web page at once upon a workbench uh or on instagram at once upon a workbench everything is is all the same name once upon a workbench and the only reason why i am not on twitter because I have had a lot of people ask is that there is a character limit to Twitter where my name is one character over. <laughs> so if I were to ever go on Twitter, it would be once upon a work, Ben. Well, ben. It's like handmade by Vincent Farrar. Believe me, I yeah. understand. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the only reason I'm not, I'm not on Twitter, but for everywhere else, it's once upon a workbench. Uh, my podcast is the making geeks podcast. Uh, we do live Thursday nights uh, at uh, I forgot the own time the time for my podcast at eight thirty <laughs> uh, central. So translate that to you know whatever time zone you're in, and then uh, yeah, that's that's me. My name's Donovan. Hi, <laughs> love your face. So glad you <laughs> love here. your face. 
I, I, I really enjoyed you. I've one of our guests recommended your channel to, to us. Well, I mean, not to, not to Ethan, Ethan already knew, but one you were somebody's, um, you were somebody's recommendation one week. And I was just like, what a great name for a channel. Or you were mentioned in the discussion. And I was like, that is an outstanding name for a channel. And that was the day I subscribed. So I was like, this is amazing. Like, I love this guy. I love the the geek and making content thing. And it's not all cosplay, which is, I don't, like I said, don't mind my cause, don't mind my cosplay people, but I, I like more of us things that I would actually do. And it's just, your stuff is great. And I hope, I hope that now that you're full time, I really do hope that you can make a good go of it and stay full time because your stuff is fantastic and you deserve it and you deserve all the success you get, got, and will get. Yeah, that's, I don't know if that made any sense, but well, you get the idea. I'm just yeah, kissing your you butt. Guys. Let's be honest. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just blushing here. Kiss the guest's butt. That's what we <laughs> do, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been great having you. And thanks again. You know who else we're really proud of? I almost forgot. <laughs> and we had new people this week. And I almost screwed up and didn't mention our I didn't mention our um, supporters, which would have been really bad because the new people would have been like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> um would like to send a special thanks to the people that support this show financially. Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, um, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLO Woodworks, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from iMakeJake.com, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, Justin Ofler, Bare Naked, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, and new to the list, Adam Mackey from Maker Mackey and what? the Clamp Podcast. And I said Clamp Podcast on purpose, Grant, sorry. And Kim and Garrett, <laughs> like what? Kim what? and Garrett are now on the list. So awesome. thank you everybody for your love and your financial support. We really appreciate it. If you're not in a position to support the podcast financially, that's fine too. Reviews help. Um, sharing the show helps. Listening to the show helps. Subscribing to the show helps. Hell, subscribing to the show with every device you own so we get multiple downloads. I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> we don't mind padding our numbers a little bit, but anything you do do, we do appreciate it. We see it. We love it. And we appreciate it from all of you. Also, um, probably next week, I'm going to have a form up on the website. I'm going to need to collect address information. Some of you sent it the last time I asked. We are going to start giving out stuff to the people that are active members and the people that have supported at any point but aren't active members anymore. You're going to get something too. Don't worry. We have a whole thing planned, but I need your addresses. So we'll have a form. I'll tell you where to find it next week, and we'll collect all your info so we can send you some cool stuff because we like sending out stuff. That's going to do it for this week, everybody. And Go follow Donovan on all his links. They're going to be in the show notes. We will be back. We do have a we have a couple of very interesting guests coming up, including one who I guarantee you know, but you may not know his name. And that's the tease. And we'll see you there. <laughs> Bye, everybody.